Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Welcome to the 50th episode of the house podcast. Brad. Miles, we made it. We out here podcasting. This is our life now. We're at 50, like... 50 episodes of our life we have been talking about sports and you know what i could have picked a better partner to do it with. oh that's that's so sweet i probably could have picked a better <laughs> yeah right you might have been so bored you're like stale podcast like i've been guests on plenty of podcasts now and they're like oh, no. sometimes just like oh who's this guy but with you i'm always smiling uh, yeah. always having a great mm-hmm. time and you know what i think we're both excellent sports podcasters which match made in heaven i guess you'd say it's really interesting to listen to our first couple episodes and just see the difference. We were so stale. And, like, I, I remember people saying, like, Brad, you guys really got to let your personalities come through because your yeah, personalities like, are so well, good. I have Ohio State minus 12. Yeah, we were, dude, we were so, like, little closet boys, like, in our shell. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Let's, uh, let's do what we're actually here to do. We have one more division to break down for you for the NFL. The season kicks off a week from Thursday. Today's Tuesday, just for everybody to everybody know. So, uh, I don't know when we're releasing this, but yeah. I don't know. Whatever day it is, we are so close to the NFL. College kicks off this week. Let's go ahead and end it with the NFC West. Uh, I would say a lot to get into here, but I'm going to tell you right now, Brad. The Los Angeles Rams sitting at minus 200, I 100% agree with. Yes. I don't think there's anybody else in this division that is going Not even to close. For yeah. the title. Let's say, let's say the, uh, the 49ers somehow, Garoppolo's the truth, somehow... Um, win nine games. I don't think they're going to win any more than that. No, I. I mean, I think the Rams are going to win eleven or twelve. Yes, only um, getting better. Yep. All okay. I saw a stat miles. Some they had eleven. What was it? Uh, uh, ten of their eleven starters return on defense on offense. What? That's impressive, especially that never, for the NFL for the amount of turnover yeah, that, that we usually never see. happens. Uh, Todd Gurley established himself as a top two back in the league last year. Uh, dangerous. You got uh, competitive receiving core with Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and remember this name, Tyler Higby at tight end. Yes, that's a sleeper to watch out for. Yes, I think he's going to get a lot of targets this year from Western Kentucky. Um, receiving tight end, he can run routes, he can block. I actually really like that uh, that that they've got him slotted right now as a starter. I believe so. I know they got uh, Everett on the on the depth chart as well. Uh, but Goff's got a lot to work with here. He's got a lot to work with, and you know, Goff had a great year. One thing about his year that a lot of people don't understand is he had an efficient year. But they did a lot of plays that were designed for a growing quarterback. And you know what that does? When you do plays that are designed for a growing quarterback, that just builds confidence. They what they threw for the ninth fewest passes last season. Duh, you Which got Todd fine. Gurley. You got Gurley. Duh, you got a young quarterback. Now they're going to open it up more. They got the they got the receiving weapons. They got rid of freaking well, Sammy Bum Watkins, and they added someone who could flash down the field with uh, with uh, Brennan Cooks. On defense here, Miles, I, I want to say this. Um, you know, We all know they led the league in, in scoring. Let's move into their defense. The defense was already good. Now they added Akeem Tlaib. And then it was just like a, an auction. It was just yeah. like a sale, and they were just buying everybody. Marcus Peters, the dog and Sue, oh. and Sam Shields. And Sam Shields is not even going to be a starter. I think that these transactions were, were made like not all at the same time. So it's almost like no one really realized yeah, no one how paid much attention. they were just stacking <laughs> Yeah, no one deck. paid attention. It's like the quiet person who plays poker and they only play when it's good hands. So they're only taking like $10 at a time. And it seemed like that's what they were in free agency. Yes, and next, time, next thing you know, you're like, 
the hell did they get all this money from? Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did that just say that Los Angeles Rams just got another player? Yeah. Like, I, I just felt like it was just the Rams show. Once they got to like their fourth player, everyone started to notice. The Rams put the NFL on notice. Yeah. Uh, we even heard a, a really a really highly touted um, sports guy in our thing today, in our meeting. He said uh, his pick to an FC was the Rams. And I like the pick. Uh, I could go against it. So the Niners are the next best odds, a plus 270. I'm assuming that's because of Jimmy G. I don't see a running game there. I don't even really see great receivers for him to throw to. Yeah, Pierre Garçon, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, Dante Pettis there yeah, as well. they're okay. They're good fantasy players. And another problem, uh, Jimmy G's touchdown to, uh, to attempt ratio is very, very low. It's one of the lowest in the league. And... I don't. I'm not sold on Matt Breida or Jerick McKinnon. No, no, I am not sold on the running game at all. And all of Jimmy G's time was in garbage time. Yes. So it's like, yes, I get it. Everyone was like, man, you see how good the 49ers are. But it wasn't just like fourth quarter garbage time. It was like the whole damn season that yes. he played was garbage time. Yes. Like, there was no pressure. No, no pressure. expectations. Uh, there was nothing. So. Uh, do they think he's the coming of God? Because I heard I heard this stat, and I, I I feel like once ESPN said this stat, the whole damn world lost their mind when they said that in the last four last five weeks of uh, the regular season, <laughs> Jimmy G led the league in, in total QBR, and everyone went crazy. Like they were all like, "Jimmy G's the next coming yeah, of God. He must like, be the best." Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. I don't see it. Any day, give me Russell Wilson. I don't care. Who he's throwing to. I don't care who yes. he's handing the ball off to. I'm putting the Seahawks over the 49ers any day. Yes. I have I them too. finishing second in this division. They're sitting with plus 350 odds. With how good the Rams are, I don't think they have a chance to win the division. But. Can I tell you, Miles? Keep, no, keep going. I don't want to. No, no, no. I was going to say, but uh, as long as Russell Wilson is the quarterback, I, I'm not discounting them from being a playoff team. I don't know if this is an error. This was an error on our website or what. But the second I saw this, I took it. They had the Seahawks at six and a half wins this season. Over under? Yes. I took it. I put. I only put 25 on it because maybe Vegas knows something I don't. I was like, wait, is this an error? Six and a half? Wow. I mean, uh, I think that Rashad Penny was a really good addition for them. Yeah, Chris Carson is good running. Yeah, too, Chris yeah. Carson's solid. He's probably going to start. Still Doug Baldwin. Um, so they're improving their running game. Doug Baldwin, their receiver. Mm. Uh, Tyler Lockett's still there, right? Tyler Lockett's yeah, still, still there. Uh, I mean, the Legion of Boom is gone. We know that. That's okay. But it's new players. The um, Griffin Twins are there now. Yeah, <laughs> right? I, I mean, I just don't understand why everyone's so down the Seahawks. They still have the toughest home field advantage to work with yep. in the league. Got Jared Sweezy back on the offensive line. Yeah, so at plus three fifty, I, I I like the value, not necessarily to win the division. I, I mean, don't think that it's going to be close. Uh, what do you mean the the division winners? Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the Rams. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah that's I, the I, problem with the three fifty. Right. Normally, like if you have like right. a three fifty value, and then you have another, like your next two are like kind of splitting those odds. Like it's kind of more like a one twenty, maybe a one forty, and then like a minus one ten. Then the three fifty is worth it, but the you even like the odds are you that shows you. The Rams are going to win the hell out of this. Yeah, and let me just uh, say as a precursor, I am a huge Russell Wilson fan. So, I mean, that's – that's, but, but I, I, I just believe in what he does and, and whoever he's got built around him. And I, this running game is, is going to be sneaky. Yeah. If you want to compare running games, this backfield that they have is so much better, I think, than the San Francisco backfield. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. And I think that makes a big difference. Now, we can argue that uh, the Cardinals – 
by, by the way, how about this division having two of the top three fantasy running backs yes. in the league? It's going to be so fun. The Cardinals are sitting at plus 1,200 because we all know there's no way in hell they're going to win the division. Nope. Bradford's the starter. He's going to get injured. Rosen's going to be the starter by the end of the season. Uh, I think that Rosen could have a bright future in Arizona. I think it's a really good fit for him. Not this year. But not right now. They got some, to look at look at the, what they've done, though, the puzzle pieces. Like if they, I figure how many years we're going to give David Johnson? Three more years? Four more years? At least. Four? With, with Arizona? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll give him three or four years. Mm-hmm. I say they, if they can get Rosen going in the next two years, they have a lot of young pieces. They have the replacement for Larry Fitzgerald. I really think Christian Kirk is going to be their number one receiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's the other guy they got? J.J. Nelson, who's young, quick guy. Chad Williams, Ricky Seals Jones, a tight end. Oh my god, I was about to say, I was going to say, look at wait for Ricky Seals Jones because I tell people in fantasy, like if you want to look for someone on the waiver wire, Ricky Seals Jones is a great guy. I I draft him in your league just because. It's a keeper league, mm-hmm. so it's deep already. So I was like, I'm just going to draft him as my last pick. They have the pieces to be good once their quarterback is at that level. Last year, their 8-8 eight eight record could have been very different. But you know what the problem with the Cardinals last year? They couldn't put the ball in the end zone when they're in the red zone. They just kept kicking field goals. It, it was bad news when, it, when they got to the red zone. But there's a reason they're plus 1,200. Yep. You know what, what I thought was, was uh, I just have like a really big picture thought about this division. Because I remember back in like, I think, it was, yeah, it was 2010, 2011, the Seahawks and the Niners. Jim Harbaugh was was uh, with the Niners. Yeah. Pete Carroll. And I was like, man, this rivalry. It's going to be for years. This <laughs> Niners-Seahawks rivalry. The Niners had Smith and Kaepernick. Yeah. The Legion of Boom in Seattle. And lo and behold. Man, how times change. And now, n- not even to mention, it's not the St. Louis Rams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Los Angeles Rams. Like, what is happening? This just goes to show you the amount of parity that we have in the NFL. I mean, and yes, I I, I get it. I know it's eight years later, but yeah. I, but I'm just saying. Back then, it's it's just really interesting to look back on things, see how they've changed, um, and and kind of see the direction of the division is going. Because right now, everyone's playing catch up with the Rams. Yes, it. But the problem with them playing catch up, it's not like everyone playing catch up with the Patriots in the East because the Patriots are old. Right, you can look at the receiving you know they're core gonna get and tell you what happened. Their receiving core is decimated. Like I don't care, Julian Edelman, whatever, Chris Ogan, whatever. No one else. Gronk's getting up there. Brady's getting old. Their defense, it, it's that's middle of the road. I wouldn't consider it old. Coach old. That's playing catch up. You look at the damn Rams and everyone on their team is young. What, even the coach to leave. Yeah, even the coach. The coach is the coach is younger than most players on the Patriots. <laughs> right. It's so funny. He's like six years younger than Tom Brady. Yes. It's so funny because like I was uh, listening to an article there talking about McVay in uh, an interview with he was like, it's so great because he's like one of us, but like that's better than playing for like an older coach sometimes because he can relate. Like he's going through the same things that you're going through, and it's not like a back in my day kind of thing. It was pretty cool to hear. So was there anything else uh, you wanted to touch on in this division before we move on? No, sir. All right. Well, we have completed our NFL previews, which means only one thing. Next week, we will be uh, talking about our playoff predictions and our much-anticipated Super Bowl predictions. That's going to yes, be exciting. super exciting. Okay, but we have college football this weekend. So let's go ahead. Before we end the show, let's talk about a couple games. You know, Miles. Let's give you some good bets. we got to give you the bets. Most of y'all are, have hung around for this whole off-season waiting for us to start talking about bets. We can tell already that you guys are excited. So, Miles, what's the first game that we're going to talk about? Okay, so the first game that we're going to talk about is the Notre Dame-Michigan game. It's the college game day game of the week, and this is the first one that I'm really fired up about. I have a lot of strong opinions about a lot of the games this weekend, 
But this game in particular, the more that I thought about it, the more I have to say. So, Notre Dame is coming in as the one-point favorite at home. The trends tell you Notre Dame. 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight home games versus Michigan. But please keep in mind when you're looking... since 2014. Yes. But also, because of that, keep in mind that those Michigan teams that they played, most of them were terrible. Yes. We're talking about the ones in the mid-2000s. Those were good. But as soon as Lloyd Carr left... Michigan was a shit show program yes. for six, seven years. So a lot of these trends, see, that's the thing. With college football trends, a lot of the times you can be very confident in them. There's that word again. Because programs tend to stay relevant. They tend to stay strong. Michigan has been has up and down. Okay, so they're still working with that. So, so I'm not looking at that right now. I'm looking at, okay, how good is Michigan going to be this year? And is this going to be their statement game? I've got Michigan not only covering the spread here at plus one. It's basically a pick'em, <laughs> but I've got Michigan winning the game by ten points Holy in South Bend. Smokes. And be- before we move on to you, I'm just going to get out a couple of my main points. Oh, go ahead. Here. I think the difference in this game, the difference in this game, is going to be the Michigan front seven, and I think that they're going to make a huge statement. Notre Dame was one of the best running teams in the country last year. But no one's talked about who's going to replace Josh Adams. That is going to be a big replacement. Kid had 1,400 rushing yards and nine touchdowns last year. Brandon Wimbush struggled to throw the ball at times last year. He is a running quarterback first. And this Michigan front seven is going to force Brandon Wimbush to throw the ball early and often. And I don't think he's going to be able to make those throws. I just want to see what you have to say. It's like my main point. I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I think the Michigan front seven is really going to come to play. Uh, establish the pace of the game early, and I think that uh, it's going to be low scoring, and I think they're going to pull away in the second half. And I haven't even talked about the Michigan offense yet. but Michigan offense is such a big question mark. We would know Huge. that. Know it that. is. Yes. I'll admit that. I Analyzing this game, I didn't know which way to go. Um, when you said we are going to talk about this game, I was like, great. Now I have to... Formulate an opinion because I have yes. I I have no conference bias. I also mm-hmm. don't follow each team as close as I do SEC teams. I follow Notre Dame probably more than New Michigan. I know how good Michigan is. They probably have one of the best defensive players on the D line. Know that. And then so I was like, how am I going to go and analyze this? I just go against the spread statistics. But then I look. They haven't played since 2014. But then I look at another telling fact. In Notre Dame's last five games, they are one and four against the spread. A lot of those games, a lot of those games, Notre Dame was a big time favorite. Yeah, I I feel like just to uh, just to interject first for a second, I feel like Notre Dame is one of those teams that does deal with usually and against the spread bias. I feel like yes. Ohio State does, Alabama does, like those big name programs. Vegas tends to set their spreads a little higher. So I had to think about this very, very much. I, I, I know I have a bunch of friends in Michigan. I want to root for Michigan so bad. But when I have a pick em, and I'm a, I'm, uh, this is, my answer is coming from zero, a level of zero confidence, Miles. <laughs> great. Zero That's confidence. great to hear. I have to just do one thing. I have to put my money on black and let, let it spin. And by black, I put, I'm trying to get the house advantage. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Only for the sheer fact that they are the home team, and I am just as confused as Vegas with this line. Do you have a close game? I do have a close game, and I just think Notre Dame gets the gets the home field advantage to open the season 
It's not like Colorado State playing Hawaii. No, this is a little different. We, these are two powerhouse programs. It, realistically, Miles, either one of these teams could be playing for a New, York, New Year's Six Bowl at the end of the year. Sucks that they have to play each other week one for them, but you know what? For us, heck yes. Oh, I it's love great. this. As, yeah, as college football fans, it's, it's great. And there's a reason game day is there because this is uh, – this was, has always been one of my favorite games of the year. I was heartbroken when they stopped playing it. So glad they decided to uh, play it again, especially on week one to open the season. Did, I have to rebuttal one thing that you said in your statement. I resent the fact that this is Big Ten bias coming out in me. The more that I thought about this, I was thinking about it from a outside perspective. I was After Notre Dame got destroyed by Miami last year, I was not high on Notre Dame any longer after that. But, and I stayed <laughs> consistent to that. Into this season. But you weren't getting confident in Miami, period. And Miami had a great season. How many games did they win at the end of the year, Brad? They lost their last three games. And those are the only games they lost. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you really want to get into this right now? Let's just, go ahead. It's the first game. It's the first game of the season that we're talking about. I'm You're going to come saying, at me for having Big Ten bias. No, I wasn't saying it was a bad thing. I'm just a saying. Bias has a negative connotation. No. Bias is not always negative. Hey, Let's get something when, on Twitter on no, this. All right. When there's a flag and it's standing up and the wind is blowing a certain way, which way is the flag going? It's going in the direction of the wind. doesn't matter if it's a light breeze or just a little bias or it's, or it's a strong gust. No matter what, in a toss-up, I think nine out of ten times, you're going to go which way the wind's blowing and your wind's blowing towards the Big Ten. I wasn't saying it like, oh, you only picked them because it's Big all right, Ten. All right, I got it. It's a, I got it, okay? I'm saying that the more I thought about this, the more confident I became that this will be a big statement for Michigan to open the season. Could you imagine they do annihilate them on the road? God dang. I could I could see it. Who's um, starting quarterback? Michigan, they released that yet? N- no, but it's going to be Shea Patterson. And yeah? watch out for uh, Kron Higdon and Chris Evans, a two-headed attack at running back. Now... They're going to have some running room. I'm not saying Patterson is going to be a star right away, but I am saying that he's going to be able to make some throws. Now, I will say, losing Tariq Black for this for possibly the season, that was a huge loss for this team. Huge loss. But they still have a lot of talent on offense. Uh, listen for the name Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. Also, I want to talk about uh, Notre Dame lost Equiminius St. Brown as well last year. So they yes. lost another receiving threat. Losing jo- losing 1,400 receive- or <laughs> rushing yards. On the ground in Josh Adams, and no one's talking about how Notre Dame is going to replace them. There's, oh, well, Notre Dame, here we go. They're going to go after the playoff again. You know can we talk about who they're can trying I, to replace can first? Can I tell you what's crazy? Can I tell you what's crazy? Before we get into uh, replacing offensive linemen and all this BS. Is Josh Adams really a product of a system? And this is, has nothing to do with college football. Mm-hmm. It's just he's going to struggle to make a roster in the NFL. Yeah. No, it, 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 I, I think it could. Well, you also think about it. It's, Notre Dame is a, just a very interesting program to draft from. Yeah. I think because they're an independent. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that you're not playing consistent. And this could be a dumb point, but I just, this is how I think about yeah, it. I think it does make a difference. Talent. Yeah. They play or, a, or just consistent talent in general. Yeah, they play a relatively t- tough schedule, but it's all over the place. Yes, it is a tough schedule. 100%. They play a lot of great talent. It's just kind of hard. Isn't it kind of hard to judge them? Yeah. So, yeah. It could be a system. And we still don't know like where Brian Kelly is going with this program. I mean, they lost eight games two years ago. Yeah, for God's sake. I so and yeah, you you know what? No, I did see. I wish I remember what analyst this was. He put Notre Dame in his freaking college football playoff. When I read that, I was like, and it's just 
I was like, for them to make the up. playoff, they have to minimum. They have to be eleven and one. Minimum. Minimum. They have to annihilate some of these hard teams they play. It's just it, it's for them not being in a conference. It's just so difficult. Now, if if Notre Dame goes through, this is the good news for them. If they because their schedule is always tough. Yeah. If they are ever eleven and one, they're in the playoff. Oh yeah. The committee will always put them in eleven and one. Never ten and two. Nope. They'll always put them in 11-1. Yes, because that schedule is just right. brutal. So that's one of the good things about being a Notre Dame fan is you know exactly what you have to do. <laughs> Here's your benchmark. Win 11 out of 12, you're in. Congratulations. But at this moment in time, I think they're going to take a step. I'm not saying that they're not going to be a good team this year. Um, and I know we're talking about this a little long here, but but let's just establish how great it is that the first game of the season, we're disagreeing. I've got Michigan. One of us is going to start 0-1. Plus 1. You've got Notre Dame minus 1. Can't wait to watch that game. Let's move on to the next one. The next one, Miles. The next one is FAU versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma is laying 21 points. I already have a bet in on this one. I'm actually really interested to see where you're going to go with this. I'm going to go ahead and give you my score prediction. This is my score prediction for the football game. Oklahoma wins 41-21. to 21. So what does that mean? I've got FAU covering this game, but it is going to be close because I think FAU can hang around with them for a half. I think FAU can put up some serious points, yes. And I think they can put up points. I think that if you just look at, let's just look at one game last year. Let's look at uh, the Rose Bowl with Oklahoma and Georgia and that Georgia running attack. Now, I know it was Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. That running attack gave them fits. And Oklahoma's defense will be better this year, but they've got some freshmen that they kind of have to ease into the game. I think Devin Singletary can create a little bit of a matchup problem for a front seven that may not be as strong I think I'm 100% agreeing with you on everything you said except for your score prediction. Um, I think this game is going to be a lot closer okay. than people think. Cool. I think it could I be, would love it for, for it, it be, to be close. And I think it could be one of the highest scoring games of the year. Lane Kiffin is too much of a mastermind to go and only put up 21 points against a team that historically allows a lot of points. I am yeah. – 100% all over the over for this game. I, I can't I, I have it. I think it's like 69, 68. I'm all over it. I think I think FAU puts up 35 points minimum. Cool. But uh, can I Go ahead. Can I tell you what's funny about this? So, the consensus, everyone, I think it's like 60-40 is going Oklahoma minus 21, which I think is absurd. Do you know what the computer predicted score when they do the computer analysis was? Didn't they have FAU winning? 44.8. It's, it's computers, guys. Be, be nice. 44.8 to 42.6. I, I did see that. I, I had to print it out because I, I was like, am I blown? Is my mind blown? I think FAU will not win this game. I don't think – I think that if you were to want to put money on a huge underdog, though, out of all the big big underdogs this weekend, they provide the, the, the biggest biggest bank – but my more confident bet is on the over, but I'm still taking FAU plus 21. Could you imagine, though, what this would do to the college football world? Oklahoma goes down week one, Kyler Murray comes out, throws like three interceptions. Yes, I don't know. Trash. It's just like, <laughs> it's just all what ifs. I don't know. Like, there's what's so great about college football is that there's so much uncertainty and so many first year starters. You don't know what you got until you throw them out into the fire. You know <laughs> what's so funny you said about. <laughs> Kyler Murray throwing the interceptions. You know, I put I only put so I, I Miles. This is my this is my notes. Four lines. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I really want to talk about this. I want to talk about Jalen Young. I really okay. want to talk about the safety from FAU. <laughs> Because it's such a first-year starting quarterback coming in. Yes. And I just imagine him. I imagine Jalen Young getting two interceptions, returning one for a touchdown. How good would that be? <laughs> just shake him. Yes. Just shake him early. That is why I wrote his name down. Because I was like, I could see it happening. Oh, my God. All right. That was a really good transition to that. I also just want to uh, talk about a couple trends that I saw because I wanted to make some notes. Yes. Because I feel like if this was kind of an overall discussion and somebody wanted to come at me we, come at me with some stats, this is one they would come at me with. Okay. Or you. Oklahoma is 15-1 and one against the spread in its last 16 games as double-digit favorites. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but it's such a skewed stat because I guarantee you, you know what? I would guarantee it. Out of those 16 games they were double-digit favorites, FAU is the best team Easily. of those opponents. That's where it gets tricky. This is an 11-win FAU team coached by, in my opinion, one of the best coaches yes. in the country. And what on top of that, one of the best offensive-minded coaches right. in the country, which helps FAU more than it, more than it helps uh, Oklahoma. He'll because... be able to find the weaknesses yes. in the Oklahoma defense. Yes. Now, the only other problem is who's going to be his quarterback. I don't know. Port by Driscoll, sorry. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's this kid uh, named DeAndre Johnson. I, I think he's a junior. Uh, that's who I'm hoping because he's been with the team the longest. Yes. I think that the other options were, were a couple transfers. But no matter who starts a quarterback, they do he's have not a super be- thug transfer coming in. God dang it, what's his name? He's from Oklahoma, I think. God. But whoever it is, he's not going to be asked to do very much. No. Because They're handling the heck out of the ball in running screen pace. Yeah. And, 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 and for that reason. Oh, and then I also had another trend, another fun trend for you. FAU. 21 and 6 against the spread in their last 27 games as road underdogs. Not oh bad there. That's that's, that's that's pretty good. That's more telling than the double digit one yeah. because the 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 problem with being a uh, a home favorite with a big big spread is that you're normally playing a, a weaker team and you don't know normally weaker teams do on the road they, they crawl into a ball and they die. Mm-hmm. But when you're on the road and you are the weaker team and you have good stats like that that means you have bite to the end. You fight to win. Yep. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. And, but, but what confuses me is, is it Florida? Is it, is, it, is it our familiarity that we're dealing with? We talked about FAU a yeah, lot last year. About, I like Lane Kiffin. You like Lane Kiffin? Is that the reason? Because is there something that we're not that we're high not on seeing? Lincoln Riley? Like, yeah, what is right. It? Because I'm thinking this is a perfect storm of book it that this that, that this, we're agreeing on this. Yes. that we're opening up the season on it. Everyone's like, "Oh well, it'll be a blowout." No, it's not. I don't think so. I really hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. We, look, we might take a week off. No, <laughs> Rick, let's calm down, guys. Okay, we we haven't had college football all off season, so our heads might be in the clouds. But I don't know, Miles. I'm very confident in that. All right, so that's good. We agree on that one. We disagreed on the big one. Great way to start the season. I just want to end. Uh, with a little bit of a bonus pick, because I noticed we both had it. We both have Arizona minus 11 and a half. I'm the line has right moved now, to 10, too. It, 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 went, it went down. Okay, because it's a bad BYU team. Bad, So yes. I, I feel like they won, what, three games last year? Really bad BYU and, team. And we're expecting a big season from Arizona. That was one of the first lines that I went after. Yep. Uh, I think Zona could win that game by 20 Yeah, I points. think someone's going to come in and make a statement in his first game. Yeah, so that's another one to look at. Uh, yeah. Look on YouTube for our bonus pick yes, because we, have we are our bonus both one hundred percent about uh, our pick of the week. So make some money this make week. Make some money. You <laughs> can just and then tell us who you bet on for Notre Dame, Michigan, and then we'll go ahead and see. see yes, who, we'll see who, who's, who's right. right. Uh, well, we should do like a poll. Uh, we should do a poll yeah. in the group chat, guys. Yeah. Listen, if you like talking about sports, go on Facebook and look up our group. It is called the House, a place to talk about sports. 
it's open to the public. You have to pass through a, a moderation process of telling me your favorite team and everything. Also, go on YouTube and get our free picks, free college football picks. And that is welcome to the house. Guys, it's back. Football we're, we're betting here. is back. That was our most hostile show that we've done <laughs> since last football season. I know. That's how I know so it's back. Yeah, it's great. And then, so, so uh, next week, we're going to do our NFL predictions. Uh, first, we're also going to have a full slate of college and NFL games for you next week. We're going to get right back into it. So, Yep, guys, see you next week. Uh, we got a new website. Again, it's thehousepodcast.net, so you won't get confused. Thank you guys so much. Good luck on your bets this week, and welcome back, football. <laughs>